Welcome, everybody, to your favorite normally Wednesday night podcast, the Paranatural Cryptid Preservation Society. Tonight, we are going to bring you the Merry Monsters of Christmas. Yes, we have found more monsters attached to this jolly holiday, and I'm not talking about St. Nick. We're talking about Krampus and uh, a few others that are going to terrify you on this wonderful holiday. Um, Normally, we have great things attached to Christmas. In Christianity, it's the birth of Christ. Uh, In paganism and Norse mythology, we've got Odin, the gift giver, with his wonderful wild hunt, as we've discussed previously, coming in to give you the gifts to leave in your boots. It's a wonderful warm jelly time, but not this time. Not now. Now we are bringing you the monsters, the ones who have been long associated with the jolly yuletide and christmas we need a little doink doink in there for a minute um because these these guys these guys man hey i don't understand how they're connected to christmas well at first yeah. i didn't understand i mean once i got delved into the religious aspects of it and the folklore i get it i understand why they're there but at the same time holy rusted metal batman it's they it was dark man like (laughs) there was some seriously dark stuff going on and like okay so some of the ones we're going to be talking about tonight uh are a little bit newer in in terms of traditions and uh, folklore and whatnot. I mean, I say newer as in dating back, you know, 200 years to like 500 years. And then we got the old ones that have been around since like way, way back. So there's some crazy ones. But yeah, like, like you mentioned, we're going to start off with Krampus. Good now, old Krampus. Now, Krampus, uh, <sighs> folklore goes back as early as the 1600s. But some say that it actually dates pre-Christian era, pre, you know, like we're talking BC times and like old, like old Germanic. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and in those legends, Krampus is actually the son of hell. Yeah. From Norse mythology. Yep. Which is pretty crazy. Yeah. So. Wasn't going, expecting that. I know. I wasn't either. Now, he's described as being a towering seven foot tall hairy creature depicted as having bulging eyes, which is just. <laughs> that that alone freaks me out. Like bulging eyes. There's just something. Could you imagine seeing disturbing. that waking up on Christmas morning and just being like. I'm ready. I'm ready Mm-mm. for the good food. I'm ready for the the wassail and the caroling and all and the by, pretty lights. And by good food, he, he means children because exactly. he's got a whip-like tongue, pointed ears, and horns on his head, carries a pitchfork, and likes eating children. Yeah. Naughty so. children. You on a bad list. It's done. You're over with. Now, <laughs> interestingly enough... Uh, his he's described as having mismatched feet, which I find an odd and random yeah feature. Yeah, like he's supposed to have one cloven hoof, and the other was like a bear-like claw. Mm-hmm. So that I don't know, weird little thing there. But in terms of Krampus, he is said to journey around with Saint Nicholas. Mm-hmm. And dispense the punishment um, towards the naughty children. Sidekick. Yeah. Now, here's what I got to wonder. All right. All saint right. Nicholas. He's yeah. a saint. He's, mm-hmm. he's achieved his miracles. His three miracles of sainthood. Right. He has calmed the storm. He has resurrected the dead. Um, and he... What else did he do? Oh, yeah. He saved the lives of some innocent people. So those are his miracles and he was sainted and all of this stuff, right? So why, oh, why must he surround himself with some psychotic murderers (laughs) 
that like it's not just one it's not just two it is a whole group of psychotic murderers that have this fascination with children eating children like come on what is up with that like is is it so that like he all of them make him just look so much better is that what it is are you saying that are you saying that saint nick are you accusing saint nick of being a mean girl (laughs) you can't sit with us and we wear pink on wednesdays (laughs) okay she don't even go here I'm just saying that you got to wonder about his motives when he surrounds himself with a whole bunch of child eating murderers. All right. I mean, it's that's valid. all I'm saying. No, that's valid. That is valid. <laughs> I'm right there with you. But now I can't get the, the image of Santa Claus sitting on the bleachers in the movie Mean <laughs> Girls raising his hand when she asked, has anybody been personally victimized by Krampus? And he's over here wearing sunglasses like, uh, uh, yeah 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 no raise your hand see yeah i have not what? now <laughs> now krampus is supposed to be one of those guys that again follows saint nicholas around um the night before december 6th so december 5th eve or saint nicholas eve or saint, yep. saint nick's day eve uh, I, don't, yeah. I don't i don't know what the correct no, it yeah. works. It works. We'll go with it. We'll go with it. It works. So yeah, the uh, Eve of St. Nicholas Day, which is December 6th, uh, he f- follows St. Nicholas around, punishes the, the children by whipping them with birch switches um, and then chaining them up and whisking them away to his lair where they receive furner- further punishment until they're repentant. Dang, you don't skip the coal, go straight to the chain. Like. Right? I mean, <laughs> we're going to talk about the gifts of coal and rotten potatoes and stuff like that yeah. coming up, but dang. Like, no, do not I, pass go. Do not collect $200. <laughs> You're go going straight, straight to, to Krampus Lair. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yep. Now, yep. now Krampus, he actually has his own festival or Krampus night, which again is yeah. the eve of December 6th called Krampus Knocked. Mm-hmm. I think I'm pronouncing that have right. Have you seen the videos? I have not seen the videos. Oh, I've seen girl. the pictures and the pictures alone. I mean, okay. The masks are freaking terrifying. Mm. And then Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. knowing that there's a bunch of drunk people underneath those masks going crazy uh, for, oh, by the way, uh, Krampusnacht is German for the Krampus run. Mm -hmm. You you, you literally have to run from drunken, crazy people running around (laughs) dressed as Krampus. And we say crazy in love. Yes. Okay. It's that aggressive love. Sometimes you just got to call your best friend. Cry, go cry, cray. <laughs> but yeah, that's what is, we're saying crazy out of love. You know, like crazy fun. This was a crazy night. You know, that kind of thing. And, but, and it does look like a crazy time. It like, does. I've seen the videos. There have been plenty of videos. I do watch the Tic Tacs when I am bored. And there have been plenty of videos that have been all over my for you page and it's it's the krampus run and if you get caught they literally throw you over their knee because they are dressed head to toe people and it, their costumes they are. are incredible and they will they'll catch you and they will beat your bottom mm-hmm. they will they have a whole thing of twigs Oh, I'm looking at these guys right now carrying around switches Mm -hmm. and like leather straps. Like these guys are serious. They are way serious. They're coming for you. Walking freely in the streets, coming for you. And I don't even know how you get out of that. Like you offer, do you offer Krampus a beer? Like, do you want some wiener schnitzel? I don't know. (laughs) Like, and I'm, I'm saying this jokingly, but I'm for real. How do you not get your, your bottom beat? 
Well, from a Krampus. <laughs> as far as from Krampus, I don't know. But if you want to stave off the Mary Lude, which is our next one, you have to have a battle of song. Now, for those who don't know, the Mary Lude uh, is a Welsh, specifically South Wales tradition, and it entails mounting a horse's skull decorated with shiny glass or ribbons or leather tassels and stuff like that onto this horse's skull. And then the rep behind the horse's skull uh, is a sackcloth that the person hides in to essentially animate the horse's head to make it look like a living being. Mm -hmm. It's quite disturbing. Yeah, you and need to, you battle that zombie horse, okay? Right? And it's through not the song. way you think. Yeah, through <laughs> song. You have it's a battle of wits, y'all. Don't come if you don't know how to rhyme. Or if you don't know how to solve riddles, because you're just, you might as well just open your front door. Here, come on. Just come on. Be defeated. Because you're going to need it. The, the Mary Lou travels from house to house with an entourage of other singers. Uh, I believe they are called the Punch and Judy. Well, and Punch and Judy is there, but it's also the, the men that are with them are called the Merry Men. The Merry so Men. The, ah. Yeah, the Merry Men singing. Yeah. And essentially... They carry around like fire pokers and brooms and they like rap on your door and uh, sweep your front porch. And from my understanding, create a rhythm in which the Mary Lude then sings how it wants to come into your house and you have to sing reasons why it's not allowed into your house and that goes back and forth until either one or the other runs out of reasons and if the if the house runs out of reasons then the mary lude is permitted to come in and it is given the people that surround the mary lude the merry men and the punch and judy they all uh, partake of alcohol, festivities, food, that sort of thing, before continuing on to the next house. Man, I would be so full at the right. first house. I don't think I could make, I don't, I couldn't be part of like the Merry Men or the Entourage for the Mary Lou because I, <clears throat> I can't do it. I can't eat that much. Now, drink that much. I used to be able to drink that much. <laughs> I've never been able to drink that much. Oh, me, I me, <laughs> me and alcohol, we don't get along. No, you don't. Just saying. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> Ask those who have seen me drink and they'll tell you. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not a good time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> not for anybody. <laughs> no, <laughs> not for anybody. But I don't know how because I couldn't do it. I'd have to eat, like, give me a little grape. I'd it would have, have to, have, like, to be just grape. like a bite. It, I think it's yeah. more of the the symbolism of the, I guess, more of just the tradition of the song back and forth and mm. coming in. It, it's, mm -hmm. it's kind of like carolers with a twist, I, I guess mean. you could say. Now, the Mary Lude is actually one of the newer traditions and yes. Christmas monsters, mm -hmm. uh, where the custom was first recorded in 1800 and continuing on, you know, to present day where they actually have, you know, the Mary Lude festivals and where, you know, the Mary Lude and the Merry Men go from house to house and do their thing. Mm -hmm. Now, in terms of the name of Mary Lude, there's a couple different opinions and those the the Christians like to tag anything that has any kind of etymology closely resembling their names. They just True. claim it as their own. So while Christianity claims that the Mary Lude is celebrating the Mother Mary, how what that has to do with a horse's skull, I <laughs> don't know. I neither do I. But neither do I. But I mean, hey, to each their own, right? They I mean, have slapped their label on it and called it Mary Mother of Jesus. So, yeah, you know. Oh, now, blessed Mary. In, other folklorists believe that uh, Mary Lude is more in terms talking about mare as in a horse 
mm-hmm. and lewd, which is spelled L-W-Y-D, uh, translates to white. So it translates to white horse. The sackcloth is white. The horse's skull. It makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. So that is the merry lewd and the merry men. Okay. Now, speaking of not so merry. Okay. Well, it's kind of, okay. This is like the only <clears throat> cryptid. Excuse me. I've got the hiccups and I, I they're the bad nasties <laughs> and I freaking hate hiccups. Oh, like, no. I'm trying so hard. Not to oh. <laughs> but this is like the, this is the only like cryptid. Bafana, La Bafana, and the mm-hmm. Babushka, who are not evil. They don't have any evil intentions. They're not here to hurt you or to nab your children. They're like, because I just wanted to, we were speaking of Blessed Mary, and I think this kind of goes right into Christianity and their view right. of Christmas with the Italian and Russian Christmas folktales that include La Bafana which is the Italian, and uh, babushka. I love that word. It's such a fun <laughs> word to say. It means grandmama or grandmother. Um, I like to say grandmama, but it makes it a little more personal. But it's the Russian version of La Bafana. Now, before we get too deep into this and you know the story of it, uh, I, between the two of them, mm. the mm-hmm. La Bafana is i think the truer account because the babushka actually doesn't have a whole lot of historical ties no it doesn't I it's think almost it's the like same the, person i think you yeah exactly yeah i think you're right it, it's the same person but uh essentially russia uh or more specifically is it where is it um yeah russia okay so um i think that they saw that and or they heard that tale and simply adopted it that happens all the time you know as cultures blend and mix so i think there's a little bit of that going on especially when russia is not too terribly far away i mean granted it's like a thousand plus miles but yeah they're still but they're, they're next door to each other right integration of cultures so. yeah when it comes to cultures so now, <clears throat> go ahead oh i was just gonna say that with the italian la bafana mm-hmm. she's a sweet little old lady old grandmama who's sitting alone in her house doing her chores by her fireplace and then the whole story is all, it's all very sweet until you get towards the end when it's just like, oh my God. It's just, it's <laughs> it sad. Now, it, it did make me tear up a little bit because it made me think of my own grandparents, you know, my old grandmama and stuff, and my Mima and Peepaw. And it just made me be like, I, no, I can't. Tell, tell them why. Tell them why. Cause I'm going to get teary eyed if you don't tell them. Okay. I can if actually, I, them, I'm get teary-eyed. I can actually read the story if that would yes. be. Would that be okay? Yeah, absolutely. Read the story. You guys All are right. going to like it. It's great. Over 2,000 years ago, as the story goes, the elderly Bafana was alone at home doing her chores and cleaning when she heard a knock at her door. Opening it, she was surprised to see three extremely dressed or extremely well-dressed men huddled outside. They introduced themselves as magi, sages from the east, in search of a king that was recently born under a bright star a star they pointed out to Bafana. They were tired of traveling and needed a place to recover before heading on to meet the special child called the Son of God. Bafana, being a kind old lady, immediately invited them to get warm, served them food, and showed them a place to sleep. The wise men were touched by her generosity and told her more about this child, who had been prophesied to grow up to be a prophet and king of the Jews. They invited her to join them on their journey when they left in the morning. Bafana politely declined, saying that she had too much work to do at home, but wished them well. Sometime after the wise men had left, Bafana started thinking about the miraculous child and realized what a mistake she had made in not going with the three scholars. She then began to think about how the baby's mother must be very tired and without the necessary things she needed for a household. 
So Bafana packed a basket of goodies and took her broom to help sweep up. Thinking that if she moved quickly, she could catch up to them, Bafana locked up her house and started out in the direction she had seen the three wise men go, following the bright star. Unfortunately, Bafana became lost and wandered the length of Italy without ever finding the Christ child. Somehow, in her searching, she transformed into a kindly witch, and once a year, she rides her broomstick to every child's house in Italy, searching for the infant Jesus and leaving behind gifts she would have given him if she had found him, especially since the Christ child is said to exist in every child. Tell me that just ain't sad. Right? Like, it starts out, like, super wonderful, and she's like, I'm going to help you and give you somewhere to be, but I cannot go because I'm old and it is snowing and I won't be able to make it. I'll just hold you back. But go on. Go on without me. And then she's like, you know what? That was, that was, I made a boo-boo. I'm coming. I'll catch up. I'll get there. Just imagining an old lady, this kind old lady just lost in the wilderness, just coming across little children, just handing them little homemade things that she made for you know, for the Christ child. And you're just like, ah, live with me. <laughs> now, what what I love about this is that, first of all, she does actually go down the chimneys. Mm-hmm. So she carries that same chimney uh, trait in common with Santa Claus. She carries a bag of goodies. And not only that, when she gives the children the presents, which she leaves next to the next to their beds uh, while they're sleeping, then she goes and cleans up the house. Yeah. She sweeps up the house, tidies up before leaving because she came down a sooty chimney and she doesn't want she didn't want to leave a mess. That's I mean, so, I, what's not to love about Labafana? I mean, come on. Right. And Babushka's the same way. The story is almost identical. Right. And she does the same thing for the children that she comes across, you know? And it's just like it's just now, so it's so heartwarming, but at the same time, it's so sad. Now, there's even a sadder version of this story. Girl, uh, don't you dare. I know. And <laughs> with that story, King Herod, when the when King Herod's soldiers were ordered to kill all the children below a certain age, that's when this is when uh, Mary, Joseph, and Jesus escaped to Egypt. Um this particular part of the story says that Bafana's children were part of the children that King Herod killed. And so she she didn't join the three wise men because she was too sad to see another child. Oh, my God. I know. It's so sad. That's oh, right in the weenus. I know. Man. It, it hits you. It, it, you yeah, good. it does. It hits you right in the feels. I don't have many feels left, but the little ones I do have reside in the weenus. Okay. <laughs> and when you, it hurts hitting. I don't, I'm not sure if y'all know what a weenus is. Look it up. It's great. <laughs> um, But that's where it's right there. Cause I, you hit the weenus one good time and you're just down breath knocked out of you. <laughs> Your arms numb. You can't do nothing for the rest of the day. It's over. Now, I do have to say I've got a tidbit to add to this because it is theorized that La Bafana is actually Stranua. Oh, yeah. And Stranua was the goddess of the new year, purification mm-hmm. and well-being in yep. ancient Rome. So there's a cool little twist there. And I won't get too far or too much into that. But there are connections there that tie Stranua to La Bafana. Which yeah. is pretty neat. It so is I, really neat. That's someone I, else we should speak about in another podcast because it goes yeah. deep. It goes yeah, deep. that would be a good one. It would be a good one. And now that we have given you the wonderfulness that is La Bafania and Babushka, <laughs> these two wonderful, wonderful, loving old ladies, um, we're going to move on to something that's not so loving and wonderful. <laughs> Just a little more creepy, maybe worse than creepy. I, I, I mean, you know, if you really want to terrify your children, <laughs> if you really want to go there, this is the woman that you would speak about. Old Gryla. 
Yeah. Now, now she is terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't have much to say other than the fact that she was so terrifying that so many children were terrified around the Christmas season to leave their houses. Yeah. That the government had to step in and abolish the practice of using Grilla and her little her sons and their cat yeah. as leverage to keep their kids from and, being and, bad. Right. And don't think we're talking about three. We're talking about the mother Grilla. Okay. Right. And I may be saying that with a little too much Southern twang to it. So I apologize <laughs> in advance to our, our listeners if I'm mispronouncing it or giving it a little, a little too much. But we got Gryla, and then she had children, as Kelly has mentioned, her sons. We're not talking about one or two, maybe some cute little identical twins. Now we're talking mm-hmm. about the 13 Yule lads. <clears throat> now, 13. I should uh, go ahead here and read the names of these yes please you lads because yeah. it's actually quite funny it they are funny but they're terrifying little ghouls uh-huh <laughs> go ahead you've got the sheep coat clod gully gawk stubby who has short legs spoon licker who goes around the houses and licks spoons pot scraper who scrapes all the pots bowl licker door slammer uh <laughs> skyer gobbler Sausage swiper, window peeper, door sniffer, meat hook, and candle beggar. <laughs> Those are the Yule lads of Iceland, and you don't want any of them in your house. <laughs> I almost snorted. I almost snorted. Door sniffer. Mm. Door now sniffer. Look, don't let their funny names <laughs> mislead you. okay we're laughing now (laughs) but it ain't so funny (laughs) now grilla oh my goodness translates to growler this Mm. is the mother now she is on her third husband because she ate her first two (laughs) i mean (laughs) we don't need no divorces up in this household (laughs) we gonna Uh, eat good tonight (laughs) Praying mantis much? <laughs> oh. She is an ogress, a mm. giant ogress with a large appetite for eating naughty children. Mm. Boiling them up alive, no doubt, in a stew. Uh-huh. Big old cauldron full of live children just boiling. Now, it is said that she has a talent for detecting the naughty children year-round. So from her cave, she weaves her magic and knows which children are naughty and good. She comes down from the mountains and she knows who to find. Mm -hmm. She collects them in her large sack and carries them back to her cave. Then she cooks them in a large pot made of making naughty children stew for which she has an insatiable appetite. Mm. Her husband's name is Lepaludi. Who is the typical, like, lazy, he's depicted as this, like, lazy husband that doesn't ever leave the cave. He's just, like, a slacker. and He's a no good. Yeah. Just living off of Gryla's hard work, going out there, sniffing out all these naughty children and bringing them back and just living off her hard work. Mm -hmm. Just sitting, twiddling his fat, greasy thumbs as he's chewing on children belts. Now, the Yule Lads, they were the <laughs> band of brothers, and at first, <laughs> they were, their appearance was more creepy, crazy, they they wore rags, they, and furs, mm. they had, mm-hmm. like, dirty beards, they were cave dwellers, I yes. mean, they... That's they, what you looked like when you lived in a cave. Right. And they were also referred to as uh, Christmas trolls. Right. And they have since been kind of um, niceified mm. by the government, uh, by the Icelandic government saying, uh, yeah, 
our children aren't coming out of our homes, so we have to stop this. This is like psychological torture. We've gone too far. Yeah. (laughs) We've taken it too far out into the left field for all of these children, and they're not coming back. They are terrified. It's causing trauma. We can't do this to them any longer. (laughs) So now, instead of the, uh, the Yule Lads sweeping up the kids in sacks and carrying them back to the cave for their mother to create a stew out of. They are now just said to come one by one uh, in the 13 days before Christmas and they show up, they cause mischief and then they head back to their cave. So they get, they each basically get one night of mischief across the town or across Iceland. Could you imagine? Right? Could you imagine having to tell your child that you've been raising up since birth? Grala will come down and eat you, and she will send door sniffer after your booty. (laughs) If you don't listen. Maidook is the one I worry about. (laughs) Door sniffer, uh, knob liquor, whatever, like. The spoon liquor? Bowl liquor, pot scraper. Window peeper, okay. Window peeper, I may not like so much, but like the the rest, okay. Meat hook, meat hook, kind of worries me a little, a little. (laughs) I I'm trying to see him as Captain Hook, so it's not all bad. (laughs) But at the same time, could you imagine this little bitty gnome looking creature with coming out of the shadows of the corner of your room with a meat hook for a hand, just like drooling and eyeballing you and all twitchy and stuff. Like my mama's real gonna like you boy. Like I can. (laughs) Meanwhile, I see all the other ones. Like I see him as the dark one and all the other ones kind of shy, like take two steps, like to the, Oh, to the side away from him. Go ahead. Kind of shifty eyed looking at him going, uh, we're normal. We don't know about him so much. We just sniff doors and swipe sausages and lick bowls and slam doors. He's he's fascinated with meat hooks. He, he scares us. He's a little terrifying, but we love him all the same. We love him all the same. Our little meat hook brother. Don't pay him no mind. He's just a little. Woo. That's all right. Can't but with they, these names. I know. Oh, but I mean, like, really, could you imagine that? You've been raised up, you're like 10, 11 years old, and you're terrified of Christmas in the 13 days before it, and the whole month of December, you're just crapping your pants and just trying to be on the straight and narrow, and then your mama comes around and says, hey, you remember that stuff I've been telling you since you took your first breath around Christmas time? Yeah, it was all a lie. (laughs) Uh, They're actually really, really nice. And she's eyeballing the TV where the government is controlling them. (laughs) 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 <laughs> like i couldn't do it like could you no trust no trust None. in mama and daddy anymore like mm-hmm. you've been lying to me for 11 and a half years i can't take it what else did you lie to me about the tooth fairy absolutely we lied to you about the tooth fairy <laughs> that one is also terrifying but we're gonna put a nice little glittery spin on it for you <laughs> I'm sorry. so the icelandic government officially put the the stop and like put the the ban on this treatment of terrifying your children by Grilla and the Yule lads in 1746. So up until 1746, basically all the children thought that they were going to be eaten at Christmas time, which sucks because and then, right, and then suddenly they put a stop to that. No, right? here instead, look at this jolly fat man in a red suit. <laughs> Holding a Coke. <laughs> and, and that's actually when they switched uh, the their outfits to be mm-hmm. more like the Jolly Fat Man with the, the red hats and, you know, yep. the, the red outfits and, you know, the, the black boots and very much more, you know, the beards and much more what we see as like a modern representation of Santa, but mm-hmm. just more so like gnomes no, but i don't yeah. i don't know if they were actually gnomes because i don't think they were trolls there's a difference between gnomes and trolls a market right difference. right so, and grilla is supposed to be 
part troll and part uh, ogre. Yeah. She's she's got again. She's got hooves, horns. Only a mama can laugh. Go ahead, I'm listening. She's she's said to have hooves, horns, and fifteen tails. So refrain from making my Pokemon remark. (laughs) Grella, I choose you. (laughs) Or. References to Naruto with the nine-tailed fox, and yeah. there, there's lots of uh, things you lots can joke around there. That's true. That's uh, I'll stick with my Pokemon though, because I don't know a lot about Naruto. <laughs> so I'm just gonna stay in my lane and talk about what I do know. But, but uh, she is said to have large warts on her nose. That is a t- defining characteristic. Well, so and the, the warts are the characteristics, not not the fifteen tails. <laughs> Right? Not that. Or the hooves and horns. Or the hooves. Don't pay attention to that either. She sounds a lot like Krampus. She does. She does. And she sounds a lot like him. I think Krampus goes back farther, though. Yes. Because she, her whole thing, Grilla and the, uh, the Yule Lads, that all kind of started around the 1600s. Right. And... There, some say that there was like two or three sons. Uh, others say that there was like twenty or thirty sons. But the the common, um, I guess you could say, belief, if you could call it that, or the common tradition is that there's thirteen sons, thirteen Yule lads. Got to go with them thirteen days before Christmas, right? Lucky number 13. Lucky number 13. So, okay. Now, so you referenced earlier about rotten potatoes. Yes. Can you tell them why you get rotten potatoes? Well, when the Yule lads were uh, banned from carrying children to the mountains, they <laughs> essentially resorted to uh, rewarding the kids with a boot full of rotten potatoes. Yes. Because, you know, what's better than coal but a rotten potato? I mean. Now, I see coal as actually a useful thing. Yeah. We talked about that on the last podcast where coal was, like, if you got coal for Christmas, Mm. like, that meant you didn't freeze to death. It's true. In the middle of winter. It's true. It was actually a good gift, just, I guess you could say a boring gift. Yeah. When everybody... When the good kids get chocolate right? And sweets. Right. You can't do much with a rotten potato. Now, sometimes they were just regular potatoes. They were just right. regular potatoes. But if you were bad, you got a rotten potato. You got a black one. So. So they went from eating children to giving them rotten potatoes. Yes. Which I suppose is better. Um, <laughs> the children are at least leaving the houses now. So right. Not we... so traumatized by abject <laughs> horror. <laughs> therapists are out of a job 1700s therapists <laughs> right oh shucks no brain shrinking today now what home would be complete without a pet and this is where mm. we come into the yule cat right. which i am going to attempt oh, to my goodness good luck with saying that name <laughs> okay. i ain't gonna do it the Yola Katurin. Oh, look at you. Just the, rolled right out. <laughs> the Yola Katurin. I, I practiced this like 10 times yesterday. Well, it paid <laughs> like, off. Yola Katurin. Yola Katurin. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right. I could be totally off, but it sounds good. So I'm going to go with it. <laughs> go with it, girl. You just go. <laughs> <laughs> but the Yola Katurin or the Yule Cat is the house cat of the Yulads and Grilla. Yes. Now, I, I, this is not your common kitty. No. I'm going to read the little thing. Here, here we go. Here's a little thing. Go for you it. You know the Christmas cat. The cat was enormous. People know not where he came from nor to what place he went. But he's an enormous Yule cat or Christmas cat. Christmas kitty. And he's black. So go ahead. Um, <laughs> Beware, if he faintly meows outside, the misfortune was soon to happen. Everyone knows that he fed on men, but mice he would not eat. And the, 
both of those are actually part of the original poem about the Yule Cat. Mm-hmm. And those were written by, where is he? Johannes, Johannes Urkutlum. So we trying over here, y'all. I, I'm trying. I, t- I tell you what, Scandinavian language is tough. <clears throat> it is tough, and I've heard I've heard it spoken, and it's beautiful. It it's is beautiful. There's so many, so and, many wonderful languages out there that are just like. Gorgeous. And then I try, and it just sounds like I'm throwing up in my mouth because <laughs> I don't know how to talk. <laughs> oh. <laughs> gagging on a gagging on a hairball. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm trying. Forgive me. <laughs> now, now the Yule cat was terrifying. And okay, so before we get into this, I did not know that in Iceland it is illegal to have a dog. What? Yeah. Like for real, for real? Like right now? Like like right now and has been for many, many, many years, like hundreds of years, dogs were not allowed to be in Iceland. Only cats. And if you wanted a dog, you had to uh, pay money and you had to uh, request uh, permission from the country. So you needed a permit to have a dog. Yes. And even still to this day... Having a dog in Iceland requires a permit. But why, though? I don't know. That's okay. If we have any any listeners from Iceland, we have an email address: the PCPS podcast email address, which I'm sure we can provide somewhere in here. Uh, tell us why Iceland can't have dogs. Like I, I'm, I'm genuinely curious. I would like to know. I mean, cats I know. are great, but. When I read that, I was like, what? What? Like, <laughs> I, what? I could, my mind was kind of blown. I didn't realize that countries didn't, certain countries didn't allow dogs. That so is... that was totally, that totally blew my mind. But the happiness. You're I missing know. out on so much. I mean, you're probably not missing out. I mean, you are missing out on so much pride because it's dogs, dude. They're doofy. I... They're doofy, amazing little puppers. Yeah. Oh man! So Iceland, Iceland just has cats, or mostly cats. There's dogs, but they have permits. So what happens if you're allergic to a cat? Bump, bump, bump. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness! I am so sorry, Iceland, that you you can't have puppos. I mean, if there's a correction that needs to be made, let us know. Tell us, inform (laughs) us, because our brains always like to have more knowledge. We all like to learn the good stuff. So please. Bestow the knowledge and let us understand why you guys can't have puppos, man. I know. That is, that's ultimate sadness. Now, getting back to the Yola Katurin. Right, right, right. Sorry. <laughs> this is not your average kitty. This is an ogre-sized kitty. A giant kitty. We're talking like the size of a house. <laughs> it was a house cat. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Um, the Yola Katurin had... <laughs> It was an interesting thing about that because the cat, okay, it, don't laugh. It goes out hunting for people who, it, now this happens on Christmas Day. Okay. I can't the, guarantee you that I won't laugh though. The cat goes hunting for people who do not have new clothes. What? Yeah. So that's what it's like hunting a, for. If you don't get a new pair of socks that, that smells like JC pennies and a little bit of your grandma's white diamonds, you just screwed. Yeah, Oh, exactly. And the reason for that, it's actually a cultural thing. And I found it very, really? very interesting. It's a cultural thing that involves uh, the sheep, like the, the wool trade, because Scandinavia, specifically Iceland, mm-hmm. um, is very big on sheep and wool production. And it was a household thing. And this is dating back for hundreds and hundreds of years where, mm-hmm. I mean, 1600 plus like from the 1600s and so on. Right. Um, the, it was a family tradition that like, once you were done harvesting the, the crops from fall, you switched modes and went into wool production. 
and it became this family thing where every family had to come together. The children would learn their literacy and they had a 94% literacy um, count for the like nationwide literacy, 94% because the children would learn how to read while mom and dad and the older brothers and sisters would be separating out the wool from the undercoats and the, you know, the outer coats and they'd be separating them out, making the wool yarn, creating the, creating clothing for trade because the wool trade is a huge thing in that country. Mm -hmm. And so they would do this. And if you didn't have a new pair of clothing by Christmas time, it was an indication that you had failed in your job to perform your duties and were thus lazy. Huh? Yeah. So the cat, so essentially it it was almost like propaganda. (laughs) If you don't get your work done, we're going to send a giant cat from the lava fields from the North in the troll cave to come eat you. We're going after them socks first. Them holy And, and actually, that is why even today, the children of Iceland still request a pair of socks oh. to be given under the Christmas tree on and Christmas. I was just guesstimating. Yeah. You I were. Just, I was, you hit the nail on the head. I did. Ha. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> So well, I mean, that's it, the one thing that everybody here complains about. Like one of the the biggest complaints that you'll see in American movies around Christmas time, and they're giving gifts to everybody, and they get a pack of socks. It's like the worst gift to get is a pack, a pack of, of socks. socks. Is essentially the equivalent of like a lump of coal. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, think about it. Like it you're like, ah, oh, thanks. Or like a new packet of underwear. Everybody's like, <laughs> these are practical. I don't want these. <laughs> throw them away and stuff there's that's the worst gift to get during christmas time is socks and underoos you know and then mm-hmm. you become an adult and you're just like can i please <laughs> can, can i get some socks <laughs> some cozy wool socks please? i would love a pair of knee-high wool socks that are can just scrunch up around my ankles and just make me feel all nice and warm and cozy and i can wiggle my toes in them and stuff it'd be nice but when Dude. we're children we're just like socks what Who wants the- socks? Nobody cares. Nobody cares about me. They give me socks. But as long as you had one article of clothing that was new, you were good. So essentially, every every person from adulthood to childhood was guaranteed an article of clothing uh, during the holiday season, which again was one of those things where they it it helped them survive. Mm-hmm. Because if you had clothing, you were less likely to freeze. Right. That's true. But I thought it was cool that, like, this terrifying cat with um, sometimes described as gold eyes, sometimes described as glowing red eyes, mm-hmm. this terrifying cat was this, like, way to bring the whole family together. And the children would read to the adults and, you know, the older kids, everybody worked as a family, you know, mom would be running the, the spinning wheel to make the yarn and, you know, sisters and brothers would be knitting and everybody's doing their, their, everybody's doing their part. Yeah. It's really cool. Especially in the winter time when really everybody's kind of closed into the houses because it's just too cold right freezing their newts off i know right so yeah the tradition of that it was really kind of interesting is a pretty neat history lesson no that's really cool because i didn't even read that far i'm gonna be honest i got <laughs> stuck with the whole the whole thing of the cat just like i'm gonna eat people because they don't have some new woolly socks or something and i was just like what that's what yeah. That don't make no sense. Like, given what I know about cats with, like, Egyptology and with Norse mythology, cats are revered. They're, like, sacred animals, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm sitting here thinking, when I saw the Christmas cat, that whole name just, whoo, trick. It's a trick. It's a trap. <laughs> it is, 
it may be a warm, cuddly cat, but it's big and you're small and yep. you're on the menu. <laughs> right? I was like, this, is, this should be nice. After reading about all of the, the dismemberment and the the eating of children and, and, and cauldrons, I was just like, this, this should be a nice one about a giant cat. It's just going to go help folks. And then I was sorely disappointed. I got to the end and I was like, man, I ain't reading no more. <laughs> We did say this was Christmas monsters, right? (laughs) It's the Christmas cryptids. The Christmas cryptids, (laughs) y'all. Welcome, welcome. It's true, though. How we got to find a nice story. We need to find us a nice, heartwarming story. We did. We had the Labafana. Well, I mean, we should have saved her for the end. It was still sad, though. I know. Now, I, I could. I could end this on a bang with a bang, um, with probably my most terrifying out of the list. Oh, because I got one more just to throw in a little bit, you know. Uh, well, let's let's hear it. Let's hear it because I I demand some heartwarming stuff next. <laughs> this is this is not a heartwarming thing. I'm just gonna oh. throw this out there. All right. All right. All right. All right. This is the perchta. Oh God. Oh, you had to. You just had to. All right, go on then. <laughs> Terrify him some more. Okay. To this one was my top most terrifying. The Perchta uh, was once known as the goddess in Alpine paganism in the Upper Germanic and Austrian regions of the Alps. Now, her name translates to the Bright One in Old High Germanic. And she goes back way, way far. We're talking pre-Christian, like this, this is ancient gods kind of thing. All right. Now, she is said to have two forms. One is beautiful, white as snow, and just like absolutely stunningly gorgeous. And then the other is the elderly haggard woman. Right. She has one large foot, um, sometimes called a goose foot or a swan foot. Now, the Brothers Grimm talks about that whole thing and how it might hint towards a shape-shifting into an animal form. Right. uh, Which, interestingly enough, was a cat. Of course. A very large cat. Is she... uh, is she t- connected to the Yola curtain or the Yola Katurin? Maybe. Uh, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's funny that they said that if you you gave the witch the perch, 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 I got it. I'll get it. <laughs> I'll get there. Um, goose fat. Mm-hmm. That's one of the reasons why they, they serve goose on Christmas instead of like a ham or a turkey or something, because the goose fat is what enabled witches to fly. Mm-hmm. And if you did not eat her traditional meal, and this is on the night of her feast, mm-hmm. if you did not eat the traditional meal of fish and gruel, mm, sweet gruel. So yummy. <laughs> she would basically come visit your house, gut you, <laughs> yep. pull out all of your organs. When you're on intestines. And then stuff you with straw and garbage. And rocks. And rocks. Can you believe it? Yeah. I mean, it just gets worse from there because you know which one was my favorite? Hmm. Aside from Gryla, because I, I loved the the whole thing with Gryla and Babushka was that I don't even have to mention Babushka. Oh she's yeah, she's also a favorite. But <clears throat> in her thirteen little you, the the straggle, the the who do what now? The straggle. It comes from Switzerland. Oh yes, and um, it's the helpers, the demonic looking little helpers that ride along with Perchta. Mm-hmm. And uh, they love to partake of the feast of offerings left out for them on Christmas by people hoping for Perchta's blessings of wealth instead of being gutted, <laughs> you uh-huh. know. And uh, 
they uh, they were they were wanting wealth and health and the new year and to start off right you know new year new me <laughs> that's what they wanted not uh, new me as in like you're gonna have to stick me on a pole and and put me as a scarecrow because that's what I'm gonna be no they just they wanted to stay alive so um, the straggle get to dole out the punishment themselves and aren't terribly discerning as they rob all bad children and tear them to pieces in the air. Uh-huh. It, they <laughs> literally meaning to rain in men. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> I now do they love it? Do they levitate them up into the air and then just with like, the boots hat? It's like it's the same way with the whole like you know how Odin and them had the the wild hunt. Yeah, yeah. It's it's perched as version of the wild hunt, but she just has a bunch of stragglers. And believe it or not, Perchta was actually I think it, I'm fairly certain it was Perchta has actually been said to lead the wild hunt on more than one occasion. Mm-hmm. Crazy how all of these things just kind of knit themselves together to make one big thing. It's that's Isn't I think it's it? pretty cool. I mean, there's there was also this this one is funny to say the bell snickle. Uh huh. And I liked the bell snickle. I did too. Bell yeah. snickle was good and a little cutie. That's uh that's adorable. He's uh he shows up a couple of weeks before Christmas, filthy and dressed in rags and furs to beat the children who have misbehaved. Again, following alongside St. Nicholas. What the heck? I'm telling you. (laughs) St. Nicholas is walking around and he's got his entourage that'll beat the bejeebas out of you if you don't behave. It's like good cop versus bad cop. I know. (laughs) And they both work together. That's not cool. It's not. You can't get away, man. They've got all, all pieces covered. The whole room. Yeah covered could you imagine so yeah i'll pass these these have been this has been a crazy learning experience because not only have we learned that iceland doesn't have cat or doesn't have dogs which okay that's just mind-blowing in and of itself it is but but then you've got the sad story sad story of the labafana you've got Oh, crazy gorilla with her merry yule lads and her 13 demonic children yeah and, and her <laughs> and her hell kitty <laughs> i mean come on i mean there's a lot there's who knew that the most joyous time of the year isn't so joyous after all has all throughout history been known as the most terrifying time of the year right <laughs> i'm telling you i i'm gonna put this question to you okay What's that? with us having done as much research we have you know mm-hmm. and we have always found new things that we didn't know because uh, uh, the joy of research is so much fun is finding out new things so here is here is my question out of uh Halloween, All Hallows' Eve, and then Christmas. Which mm-hmm. one would you say is more fun and more joyous? Because I'm voting Halloween. <laughs> oh, boy. I mean, Christmas seems a whole lot a whole lot like just doling out punishment after punishment and using scare tactics and, you know, torturing your children into years of therapy. I, right? I don't know, man. I, it's crazy. It is crazy. I'm going to put this question to our listeners. Which one do you find more joyous? Halloween? Yeah. Or Christmas, Yuletide. So, I mean, I, just think about it. Between the two, I would say that, I mean, both offer decorations. Mm-hmm. Both offer really fun, wonderful traditions that, you know, we carry on to this day. I don't know. It's a toss up really. Uh, I, I honestly, I think Halloween kind of wins. It does for me from from a historical perspective, just based on everything we've read and based on what all has transpired over the course of the last 2000 years. Mm hmm. I mean, just, I 
Halloween is so far all Hallow's Eve is beaten out because you got like you got a feast. You're you got dressed up to you know keep the bad spirits away and to trick them, and then you've got all of these wonderful traditions of honoring your ancestors and the dead right. and. You know, it's just it, for me. It just is all warm and loving and cozy. And then we've got Christmas, which is all like, I'm going to tear your pe- your children apart in midair, <laughs> and then get you and parts. stuff you with rocks and and, and hay and <laughs> and garbage. Like I had no I, idea. And carry your children to the lava fields in my cave, where I'm going to make naughty children's stew and <laughs> <laughs> feed it to my thirteen oddly named children. Door sniffer still gives me like, why? <laughs> why you sniff? Why are you sniffing the door? Like, I need to know why his name is Door Sniffer. Why are you sniffing the door, dude? Well, it's Door Slammer. Door? No, there's a door sniffer. I thought there was a door sniffer too. There's bowl liquor, door slammer. Uh, it's spoon liquor. Spoon liquor. See, look, nah. <laughs> Why are you licking all the spoons? Like, for me, when I think of stuff like that, it's like, oh, you're, you know, you give the spoon to your kids after you're, like, making the batter for a cake or some cookies or something, and you just go ahead and lick the spoon, you know, and then put it in the dishwasher. But Mm-mm. I don't know. It just seems a little more sinister when you think about it. And, <laughs> like, like it- can you imagine door sniffer? Just like it, there is a door sniffer. Uh, yes. Okay. There is a door sniffer. I found it. So can you imagine like you're walking down the road, right? And mm. you just happen to see this like little guy leaned up against the door and he's dressed funny and he's got this, this beard. And then he's like slowly kind of caressing the door, just going, is this oak? This, this is, is a this, fine this. smelling door. <laughs> it smells like fresh oak. And then, he turns, and he turns to you and goes, what? What? <laughs> you got something to say? Move along. Move along. Go on. I, <laughs> I don't mean any disrespect. But I, I really don't. I don't mean any disrespect to any of the cultures or the folklore no. or anything of your traditions. It's wonderful. Like, honestly, I think it's wonderful getting to learn about all of this from across the world. But the names, y'all. Y'all got to come up with better names. That one's just funny. I'm going... That's going to be like one of my go-to Shakespearean like <laughs> insults from you door sniffer, spoon licker, <laughs> <Pot> scraper. <laughs> How dare you, you poop Gully gack. Oh, my God. Now I know why. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. insults. That's what it is. That's All of is. the names are insults. I get it. <laughs> I get it. That's funny. Okay. (laughs) On that note, (laughs) I'd like to thank everybody for listening and following along on our crazy research journeys during this holiday season. And we do wish you and your family and your friends many blessings during this time. And we all hope that you get to, you know, be together. And if you don't get to be together, find some way to show each other that you love each other. Absolutely. Because that's really what this this whole season is supposed to be about love, loving each other, being there for each other and community any way, shape, family. Yeah. yeah. Whether it be biological family or chosen family, it's exactly doesn't matter. Just surround yourself with love. And uh, in the meantime, listen to our podcast. <laughs> the creepiness that's there. If you follow us, you can find us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, RSS. Um, oh my goodness. Podbines iTunes podcast addict we're everywhere yeah. we're at we're literally everywhere you have no excuse <laughs> no excuse anyway so and if you do find us and you do follow please subscribe and leave us that five-star rating because it definitely does help and we enjoy bringing all of this to you so that we can all discuss and cuss all of the wonderfulness that we find so thank you so much for being with us and don't forget to grab the salt Check under your bed for the boogeyman or the door sniffer. Get your favorite (laughs) snuggle partner, whether it be a Squishmallow or your loved one. And we will see you next week. Actually, are we doing it next week or is that that Christmas? What's the date? 
No, it will not be Christmas. Christmas is that following weekend. Aha. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, so we will have be, one next. We'll have one on Wednesday, but we will not have a paranormal umbrella because it falls on a Friday before Christmas. So we will not be here for Yuletide. Um, but I'm sure you guys will be thinking about us and our funny little jokes or something. I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah. We'll see you in the new year. So we <laughs> wish you all a Merry Christmas, Happy Yuletide, Happy Hanukkah, and Happy Holidays to all of those celebrating whatever holiday it is that you celebrate. Just as long as it's surrounded by love, guys. That's all that matters. We'll see you next week. Have a good one, everyone.